Interested in volunteering at future Sport Calgary events? Visit sportcalgary.ca to get involved. Remember the feeling of lacing up your skates? Pulling that jersey over your head for the first time? What about cheering on your teammates in the final seconds of a game? Imagine you never had the opportunity to make those memories. Many kids don't. The power of sport is in how it shapes you in these special moments. It's the memories you cherish today and the stories you tell tomorrow. It nurtures our growth and strengthens our community. Now you can help create lasting memories and fill the gap for other kids who want to play. Help Kids Sport get more kids off the sidelines and into the game and give the gift of sport today by visiting www.kidsport.ca slash giftofsport. Sport Calgary presents the Face First Podcast with your hosts Alicia Rissling and Grace Defoe. And here they are sliding right on in, Grace and Alicia. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Face First Podcast. My name is Alicia Riz Rizzling, and my co-host here. My name is Grace Defoe, and we have another exciting guest with us today. So we have Jeff Hughes, FST Extraordinaire. Um, among many other things, we don't want your job to just define you, but I think that, you know, you've worked with Alicia and I, so, you know, to full on disclaimer, you know, to people listening, you, we do know you outside of this, but, um, yeah, I mean, we ha- we're going to learn more about Jeff and how he got to being this FST extraordinaire and what makes, you know, you to who you are today. So are you ready, Alicia? <laughs> Jeff, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so, for coming on, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Um, so let's kind of start, you know, we like to start before where, like, how you got involved in sport and what sports were you involved with maybe as a kid and, and growing up? And where are you from? Uh, so I'm from uh, Nova Scotia, a uh, small town, Cole Harbor. So that's where uh, all the best Sydney Crosby are bred. And Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> And Nate McKinnon, of course. And Nate McKinnon. Uh, So I started off, my first love was baseball. So I started when I was about eight years old, and I played all the way up to almost high school. And then I ended up getting, like, tendonitis because I was pitching so much, and uh, I had to stop the baseball career. But I did end up picking it back up in university. Uh, But I also played, uh, like, volleyball growing up. Uh, I was play. I mean, I would play just about any sport other than, yeah. Well, I even played soccer, but I wasn't a huge soccer guy. Uh, but basketball and just anything I could get my hands on from a sports, uh, I was just a sports junkie right from the gate. And then uh, going into university, like I said, I played baseball, and then I was coaching volleyball. Uh, I coached like provincial women's volleyball, and uh, and then I was also I ran a tennis camp where I was teaching kids tennis. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, like I said, I just, it, sports kind of always been there. And then I, while I was at Acadia, uh, for university, I, I did my bachelor of kinesiology degree and I kind of dove more into like the practical side of it where I was focusing on the strength and conditioning side of it. Uh, I, I didn't really do well with the theoretical side. I really responded well to the practical side, which is why I guess, um, I feel like I found success doing what I do now since everything is very practical and then you just add on the theoretical side as you go. But I was working with, like I was responsible for like women's track and field or I was one of the assistant uh, strength and conditioning coaches for uh, track and field. Um, 
or sorry, no, uh, what's a cross country running, women's soccer, football, women's rugby. And then I, I got to do head strength conditioning for our baseball team. So I was working with uh, 15 athletes. I was coaching 15 athletes at a time. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, from there. And then I, uh, it was time for me to, uh, to get out of, uh, get out of Dodge. And I decided to move here and I ended up taking a personal training job with hopes of eventually finding a strength and conditioning job. Cause my background was always kind of shifted more towards the athletic performance side of things, but I just wanted to change. And I, you know, hell kind of ensued a little bit as I moved out here. Cause I didn't really like it out here. Cause I was such a small town boy, mm-hmm. but, uh, it was, uh, it's been a journey to say the least. No kidding. What was the initial draw to Calgary? Why Calgary? Yeah, that's what I was wondering too. <laughs> well, I almost moved to Toronto actually for uh, a relationship, and then that ended up not working out. I just got really deep into it. But yeah. uh, then uh, I had one friend out here who was doing athletic therapy, and uh, and then I had met me a couple other friends, and uh, so I just came out here. I've never been out here. I pretty much within a week's notice, I packed my life into a suitcase, and uh, and moved out here. And, uh, I mean, I was working downtown, uh, on Stephen Ave, which is like arguably the busiest street in Calgary. And I wasn't used to seeing people walking around in suits and (laughs) it was just like, it was so foreign to me. And then like, I was struggling to do well in that position because it was such a sales driven position working at a huge corporation like good life. And then I don't come from a lot of money and asking, being told to ask someone for ten thousand dollars for training i was like i can't do that yeah uh, so like i was really struggling out of the gate and uh it was kind of making me it was it really burnt me out and uh i knew it wasn't going to be my end goal because it was such a repetitive i felt like i was living the same day every single day and, and that job sl- was slowly killing me and my love for training so when i did decide to get out of there it was kind of uh what saved me in my career so what was kind of the next move after you left you left good life and and did you really know when you were leaving like the direction you were going to go or were you just like i'm just done with being here so i w- i got to a point where like i was busy enough and i have was, i was retaining the same clients where i was working my seven to eight hours a day i was working from 6 a.m to like 2 or 3 p.m every single day so it's funny when i look outside of my apartment i can see the road that i would bike to work every single day like i biked in the winter, minus 20, minus 30, minus 40, no matter what, I would bike along this 9th Ave every single day uh, at 5, 5.30 in the morning. And I would remember how pissed off I would be just being like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And then I wasn't even sleeping at night because uh, I, w- I was getting anxiety about missing my alarm because I didn't want someone to show up at the gym at 6 in the morning and me not be there. So I was like, I can't sleep. Uh, but like the, so I was kind of getting burnt out a little bit. And then, uh, I, I remember, uh, I mean, I'll put them out on blast cause they're not in, uh, they're not, uh, operational anymore, but I, I applied to work at, uh, the athlete factory. I wasn't sure. I also applied to work at Winsport and I was trying to do like an internship there because like, I just wanted to focus more on the performance side of things. And there wasn't really that many options. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. sure you guys know, like, there's not a lot of options unless you like really dive into, uh, you know, connecting with people and networking and stuff, which, you know, I kind of struggled with early on work being stuck in a gym downtown, but, uh, I went there 
and they kind of dragged me along their interview process where I was, I was job shadowing on Christmas Eve. I was doing all these free hours and they were basically pumping my tires, telling me I was going to be set up for a job position. And, uh, I was at the point where I was getting rid of clients and I was getting ready to streamline into this new job. I ended up doing this last interview for their interview process. And then they went completely silent on me. And, uh, I thought I absolutely smashed the interview and, uh, like I had everything they were looking for. I put the time in, I was always, uh, prepared for all my shadowing things. And then two weeks later, they didn't get back to me and I messaged them and they were just like, Oh, sorry, we don't feel like you're a good fit. I'm like, well, you basically guys just dragged me along and I was getting rid of clients to go into this position. So that was my, that was my turning point where I was like, okay, I need a change. Like I need to get out of my situation. And then I had someone in my gym who was doing FSD. Uh, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to take whatever money I have. I'm going to go to Arizona and I'm going to go learn this. Uh, just because I need something new to kind of like spark my, uh, my drive and just like uh, my whole attitude on training. Because I always wanted to be a little bit more hands-on with clients anyways. So I did this course in Arizona uh, at the Stretch the Wind Institute. And it was... It was my aha moment. It was my like, okay, nobody's doing this at a high level in Calgary. Nobody's catering it to athletes. Um, I had some issues going in there, whether it be some lower back, knee, and some hip issues. I went there for a week. I was treated there for a week. I came back and all my issues were gone. And I love the idea that it was a pain-free treatment that worked with your body and not against your body. And I was like, that's it every single bit of money and my time I'm putting towards this. Cause I feel like this is the thing that can take me over the edge for, um, for, passion. for our listeners. Can you explain in a nutshell kind of what FST is? Yeah. Like without getting uh, like too scientific with it, it's uh, it's like a traction based form of manual therapy. It's a pain-free approach to treatment where we're essentially working with the client and their nervous system and not looking to cause any pain as we're doing so. So traditional stretching is very um, uh, like muscle-based where you're focusing on one muscle at a time. And both of you guys can test to this that when we're doing stretching, it's along the joint and you're feeling things in places you probably can't reach on your own, um, as you both are aware. And very aware. Very, very aware, yes. Very, very aware. So it's, it, it's anyone that says it's traditional stretching is like have has not truly experienced stretch therapy because it's it's uh, it's a game changer, I think, for athletic performance. And so I'll just like, as a testimonial, um, what happens when we get FST? So just being an athlete who struggles a lot with um, tight hips and I'd say tight ankles, um, every time I leave a treatment or when I'm going through a treatment with Jeff, I'm on the table. It's very relaxing. Um, and he's basically moving my hip or my ankle or whatever it is we're working on in, in road, like rotating it and, and just basically like trying to push it to get to a maximal range of motion, I think without causing any pain. Um, and you basically leave there just feeling like nothing's stuck anymore. Like you just like, I'm able to like, as soon as I get off the table, I can go down into a full squat and not feel like pinching anywhere or whatever, just because it, it, I guess you say tricks the muscles into stretching out, I guess. Is that like, I'm very, very basic layman's terms. My kinesiology background is, is shaming me for the way I just so, explained so it. But. I think, I think with you guys, especially is like Riz, you obviously were dealing with your serious injury 
And then Mm -hmm. Grace with you, we were dealing with like a 10 out of 10 chronic tightness. That was, you know, I was like, I was worried for you at one point. And like, this is me being serious. Like I really was like, and I think I kind of framed it for you as it's like, we need to address this now or it's going to be an issue. But I think I work best with people who are dealing with from an athlete standpoint, because every athlete has some sort of injury or compensation or compensation due to some sort of injury. Uh, so I find I can kind of pinpoint that and work through that and almost streamline that process so they can get in a better position to be more successful with their movement patterns. So I think that's where I come in and I can kind of dive into improving their body awareness so that they can actually handle on this problem. Yeah. I mean, I will say you never alarmed me as to how serious it was initially. You were just like, yeah, you should probably do these exercises like every day. And I was like, okay. Like, that's fine. And then after I came back, you're like, yeah, like, I was really worried about how tight your hips and Adam well, were. And I was like, oh. So with you, you weren't completely sold on it right out of the gate because you were just like, well, I guess we'll see. Like, it was like a financial commitment. And you were just like, well, like, I w- I'm only going to invest in the things that I know are going to be really good for my body. But you did the session. And then you messaged me the next day. And you're just like, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Testimonial for sure. Um, so another thing, Jeff, the reason why we brought you on is not just because you treat both of us, but you have a pretty incredible story on, and you just said how you found your passion of finding FST, but not only that, but you've built your business completely from the ground up and it started with a pretty significant event. Um, do you want to walk us through what happened with the fire? Yeah. Yeah. So I was, whenever I decided to get out of good life and I was like, I'm going to treat from home and I, I took a break from training um, to focus on the treatment side of it. So I was working at a, at a Vinglewood and things were starting to get busier. And I was actually at the point where I was, I was living with a roommate and I, I felt really bad having clients over all the time, even though that she was gone half the time for work. But like, it was getting to the point where it was time for me to get into my own place. So I'll just talk a little bit on the ironic side of all this. So, mm-hmm. uh, the, Two days before the fire happened, I told my roommate that I was going to move out and get my own spot. So I put up the day after that, I put up an ad on Kijiji that uh, we were looking for a sublet. And then ultimately, my roommate was going to decide whether or not it was a good fit for her to live with, which she she was totally fine with and understood. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the first time I ever met the person who ended up starting the fire across the hall from me, like, I can't believe I've never met this person was the day of the fire. So I met them in the parkade and we were just talking. And then uh, <laughs> and then uh, I was treating from home all day. It was on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or whatever. And that day, the day of the fire, they were testing the fire alarms all day. Well, that's annoying. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know if a lot of people know that part of it. But so I, I heard the part. fire alarms all day. So that whenever the fire alarms went off at two in the morning, because it happened right across the hall from us, uh, like whenever that happened, my roommate, my roommate came in and said, hey, Jeff, like fire alarms going off. We should get up and get out just in case it's something serious. And then I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. And then she runs back in and I'm kind of just like taking my time. And she uh, she's basically like, yeah, I can see smoke coming up from underneath the, the boards and there's fire wrapping around her window. And if we would have took, and I was in the washroom, like washing my face. Cause I'm like in a full sweat. And, uh, and then, uh, if we, if we probably would have waited one or two more minutes, we, 
the fire w- would have crossed the hallway and took our door and we probably would have been jumping for four uh, stories off the balcony. Oh my gosh. Wow. Uh, and have- then all I had, all I had was my iPad, my iPhone, a pair of shorts and a jacket. I had no shoes. Uh, that was all I had left. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, at this point you've kind of put, you've gone all in on FST and you obviously kind of, it takes a lot to start a business. Like you put a lot of money to, to starting that and getting all those clients. And then like, did you lose your table? Did you like, you basically so, have to start from so the ground up. I lost, I lost everything. Uh, so this was a big crossroads for me. So I was at the point where like I was having like other, um, clinics and gyms they were reaching out to me like hey we'd love for you to come and uh and do work at our uh, our facility one of those people uh, one of those places being the athlete factory mm. uh, of course mm-hmm. uh, yes and uh because i had someone from there reach out to me and uh so i i was kind of at the point where i was like okay am i gonna sell out on my entire business just because like i am literally starting from scratch Cause all like just everything was just, it just seemed like the easy thing to do, but I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to get into an apartment. I can't afford cause I couldn't. Uh, cause I remember after the fire happened, I was like, I need to get into a place. Cause I still worked 30 plus hours the week after the fire using other people's tables, going to different locations. I slept on two or three different couches over those time. I didn't sleep. I looked at 15 different places um, and then the, 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 the night I did get my apartment, I'll never forget. I, uh, in the guardian that, uh, Riz has been in, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, I slept on the floor in that place, like for the first time in seven days, uh, no, just like on the floor, nothing with my like jacket underneath my head. And it was like the best night's sleep I ever had. Cause I secured a place mm-hmm. and then by Sunday. So that happened on Friday by Sunday, it was fairly fr- fully furnished. Wow. And another thing to note um, for the people listening, and I know this part, is Jeff did not have renter's insurance. So no. when he says he lost everything, he literally lost everything. But between my friends and community, like, they helped me get back on my feet. I didn't do this alone by any means. Like, my Acadia University, like, alumni people, they really kind of, uh, they took care of me. And uh, oh, I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah, they they really did, yeah. And then, so I... I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in a place that I technically shouldn't be in because it's way out of my price range. It's double the rent I was paying. Mm-hmm. In order for me to be here and live here, I'm going to have to work harder than I ever have because I, I didn't realize how hard I could work until that happened. Mm-hmm. So I just streamlined everything and went absolutely bananas. And then I actually ended up working myself into shingles because I was working so hard. So stressed. Uh, so stressed <laughs> and just like... Uh, but I like, that was, it was, the fire was the best thing that ever happened to me from a business standpoint. Cause I never would have took my business to the next level like that. Mm-hmm. And then for example, like Alice, I would have never hired her if I didn't get my business to a place where it was now. Mm-hmm. So still back to, to growing your business here, you got a place in, in the Guardian building, which is one of the towers, um, by the stampede grounds for people who aren't as familiar with Calgary real estate. Um, but it's a really nice building because it's got this wicked view um, and you're treating people out of your living room. And I think one of the basic 
things about your business that did enable it in 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 a world that we live in now is you utilize social media to grow your business. You want to just talk a little bit about that and how it kind of got you some of the clients that you have now? So social media is that was the most foreign thing for me. Uh, that that was hard. Um, and I think if I'll have young entrepreneurs or, or, or young trainers that are kind of I've had people reach out to me and be like, listen, like, how did you do it? And like, I'll dive into like the importance of social media and like never giving up and being consistent. Like you guys know that social media is not easy. Mm. Uh, and I, I, I honestly think the thing for that is it's just not for everyone. Like, cause it's, if you can't be consistent with it and you can't put out like consistent, uh, informative information, then you're just, it's just not for you. Like it's, it's okay if, to not be for you, but like social media is really hard. And I, I've just made it like, I would set daily goals for how much I wanted to do. And, and then I was always messaging people. And then a big thing of mine was like, I was, I would always compliment people on their work and similar work that they did to mine. And I would meet with them and then I would give them like, I gave away a lot of free treatments, a lot of free treatments just to make connections with people. You. Yep. Yeah, yeah, a long time ago because I was just like I need to, I, I need to, like a professional athlete, like an Olympian athlete, to to give me some sort of acknowledgement that I'm doing something good. Because mm-hmm. if anyone knows about their body, it's going to be an Olympic athlete. I, uh, yeah. And I mean, I think a testament on the other side is like I probably followed you for like a couple of years before I came to see you, and then I see like you working with. CFL guys and then you know I see people that I know I see Riz you're working with Riz and a couple of other athletes and that's what made me finally pull the trigger because I'm like well I you know I trust them I trust Riz and and that's what made me skeptic that I am pull the trigger so I will say it works getting those people on your table and and posting about it it 100% does and like just like the average um, weekend warrior or golfer for example and sees like oh this guy's you know, Olympic Canadian Olympic athletes trust him with their bodies. It's like, this guy can probably help me. And like, and that's the power of, you know, like building a reliable uh, client base or, I mean, all my other clients, you know, they're all great. They're the ones that get me tons of clients from a social media standpoint. Obviously when people see me working with people like yourselves, like it, it looks good on me. Um, but uh, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, it, it's, Social media is just, it's, it's not for everyone and I'm still trying to navigate it. I think working with getting Alice, my associate to kind of, uh, build her business. I think what we did with her, that was a testament to me being able to replicate what I did. Cause I allowed her to build her business within my business and I took out all the mistakes from it. So we just kind of built, 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 and we didn't have to take any steps back. So that's why I'm going to a higher for... level faster. Exactly. So like, uh, I mean, this is kind of breaking news, but what I'm doing all month now is I'm actually rebranding. So there's going to be a brand new business coming out in the new year. There's uh, new assessment protocols. There's going to be new um, after treatment protocols. We are creating a system right now where we're working to um, really dive into uh, treating the fascial lines in a very unique way. And, uh, it's going to be a game changer for like 
the developmental standpoint, because this is something we can replicate and teach other people. So whenever we decide to hire, you're going to be doing this system and be underneath this company and you're going to get the same results and um, product no matter where you are at in Canada. Wow. Wow. That sounds promising. Also sounds like you've been using this time, um, you know, pandemic time to, to take advantage and, and go to some somewhere new with your business. So you are one of the services that did get shut down with this pandemic and the second lockdown, how did COVID affect your business throughout this year? Uh, it, it was just a pivot. Uh, mm-hmm. It was, um, it allowed me to, cause I mean, like, like most therapists or trainers or whatever you want to do, it's like, you always want to try to figure out a way to help the most amount of people you can. And, you know, I kind of handcuffed myself into being able to help only, you know, six to 10 people a day based off my services. So it allowed me to kind of think outside the box in ways I can help people who maybe can't come see me. And uh, uh, because the one thing I found this year is I never really did much to grow my business. Like I felt very stagnant, even if it wasn't like I, I obviously accumulated a lot more clients, but I felt like I did nothing to really grow and bring my business to the next level. Uh, and that's just me kind of being crazy, but, uh, <laughs> I, it was, it wasn't easy, especially when you have someone else kind of relying on you to steer the ship. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's been, it could have been a lot worse. I, I made sure like I worked harder when things were closed. Let's just say that. Really using that, that time to, to grow rather than just being a victim of what the government shut you down for. You know, you, 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 you can't, you can't really complain over things you can't control. And that's something I try not to even do on my page. It's, I just try to keep good vibes going, try to, uh, you know, stay in my lane and like, there'll be things I, I'll talk about that I think are, are wrong or, or, or good or important. But when it comes down to it, it's like, I try to keep, the the COVID stuff, the political stuff, all that out of my page because that's what a personal page is for. I don't want my business to be associated with anything like that. And people could be like, "Well, it's important for you to speak up about these things." And um, but you know, Black Lives Matter thing that is obviously something that I was very uh, vocal on because uh, we need to be vocal on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as for like the mask stuff and this and that, I just try to stay out of it. Um, yeah. yeah I mean I would argue that like yeah Black Lives Matter and talking about that that's a human rights issue and not a political much of a political issue and to me yeah like you have to take a stand obviously in human rights and stand 100%. up right but yeah um Jeff so you said this the whole reason why you came out of here in your in your plan when you went through university was to focus on the training aspect. Why don't you talk a little bit about how you've incorporated training as part of your business and where you see that going in the future? So I think I think that every single person that comes to me kind of excluding your guys self because I know you guys are taken care of from the training standpoint. Shout out to Carla. <laughs> but a lot of people that come to me just need good training. Mm-hmm. 
because I think good training and good habits and good movement patterns and just like daily exercise can fix a lot of issues that people are dealing with. So I, I, you know, end goal for me. um, And like, I I think that's why my my treatment and training approach is so different than others just because I'm always going to work in that exercise standpoint because when it comes down to it, the exercise is going to be the thing that makes people feel good. Whether you're adjusting a few things based off the things you felt on the table mm-hmm. and then sometimes it clicks with people like, yeah, that actually makes more sense and that feels so much better when I'm doing this. Uh, and I, I feel like long term, what I would really like to do is I think based off the people that I see, a lot of people are victims of high intensity boot camps and um, you know, overtraining with spin and doing things that maybe they shouldn't be chronically doing at such like a high intensity. I would love to create a studio where it's strength and conditioning and you come in and you're getting like high level strength and conditioning in a group setting. And then from there you have all your treatments, you got your whoop sponsorships. We're figuring out when you need to treat and when you need to get training <laughs> and we know when you need to take recovery days and whoop sponsors me because whoop should sponsor me, sponsor me whoop. And, uh, <laughs> and I feel like imagine having a place, no, whether you're an Olympic level athlete or if you're somebody that's starting off, you can go in there and you can get like exactly what you need from either a foundational standpoint or a high level standpoint in a group setting. Yeah. I think that's really, really hard to find. And, and like you said earlier, when you were kind of searching for a place to go, um, there's not a lot of places I find maybe I don't want to knock too many people, but I feel like there's not a ton of places that can do both. Well, you know, they either focus on athletes or they're completely focused in, in weekend warriors, general population. I think it's a testament to what a strength coach has learned to be able to adapt to both. Well, I think people's are people are a sucker for pain and they want to uh they want to get, you know, their butts kicked and this and that, but you know, when you're sitting at a desk all day uh and then you go home and sit down and then you lay down in bed and then you get back up and you sit down and then you try to like do a high intensity workout somewhere in between your lunch period, it's like that's not necessarily you might think you need that, but it's not actually what you need. And uh it's just going to save me a lot of therapy hours if I can just get to right to the root of the problem and just give people what they need. And that's just good foundational strength that they can build off from certain levels. And then no matter who you are, we can take care of you on whatever level you're at from a strength standpoint or a foundational standpoint. I love it. You, uh, you developed a, a, I wouldn't say maybe it's not a new passion, but you've started taking one of your passions a lot more seriously this year. Um, How, like, would you say some of the (laughs) work ethic things you've developed from, from building your business and your passion through that, how are you applying it to your newfound love of golf? Okay. So when I decided to get good at golf, uh, like, I think everyone believed that I, I could get good at golf based off my work oh, ethic with, and, 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 and it, it's the one thing that I do and it takes my mind off everything that's going on. Like that's what saved me this year for, uh, with COVID going on and stuff like that. Whenever I was out on the golf course, it's all I could think about because it takes all my mental and physical energy. 
and mm -hmm. like I, I I didn't really have the money for it, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna probably be playing a lot next year if this is still kind of going on. Hopefully it's not, but uh, I'm gonna invest in an exercise physiologist to get my body right so I can keep playing. Uh, a long, um, uh, uh, a swing coach to help with my, you know, all my longer stuff, and then I got a short game specialist who works on all the short game stuff. And I was like, you know what? I, I didn't get to travel this year. I was like, take this money. You don't have it. Who cares? Go and just do it. And, uh, you know, I put the I put the time and the hours in and I'm hoping it will pay off. Well, I know it will pay off, but I've honestly even thought about getting a simulator in my apartment. I'm not going to do it. But <laughs> there's not enough room in there. <laughs> no, there is room if you move things around. I'm going to get a net, I'm, but I'm afraid I don't want to crack a window. I'm going to get some foam golf balls. But uh, it's just one of those sports. I love that it kicks the crap out of me. And I love that it's just, it, I don't know. There's so many things you can learn. Mm -hmm. uh, and you, it's just, no one's good at golf. So I want to be good at golf. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a long way to go because oh golf is definitely not something you pick up overnight. Um, We're going to play next year. <laughs> yeah, I'll play with you next year. Um, the Another thing for our listeners is, is Jeff treats out of his, wicked apartment um which is similar to the guardian building except for are you higher up now i think you're higher up now, yeah right? yeah a little bit yeah with a beautiful view of the stampede grounds and and looking over the city of calgary and he's got a full gym set up on the 31st floor on top of his table and all of the plants oh is that the yeah, secret yeah it's crazy yeah it's wild but yeah. sure throw throw a golf simulator in there too why not i mean whatever <laughs> You could get one of those I, right now, I, I, I got the I got the hottest gym in town right now. I bet the people are probably like begging for the opportunity. Oh, there's always people just like, hey, like, do you have any like room in your bubble for me to come get a lift in? I'm like, eh, who are you? <laughs> yeah. Do uh, yeah. do you have any room in your bubble for me to come? <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. I'm you're not supposed to discuss this. No, you're not allowed. I. It was yeah. a joke. I, I have some dumbbells and some bands. I will be okay. Yeah, that's all you need. No, I know. Yeah, speaking of bands. Active rest. Yeah, I'm standing up and going to the kitchen and then standing up and going outside to shovel snow. That's that's what I'm doing right now. The, the Canadian way. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. Um, Jeff, my last question for you is what if there's one thing that you wanted to learn that you wouldn't do again if you came into another pandemic, fingers crossed that never happens, what would that be? If there's, say that one more time. If there's something you've learned from this pandemic that maybe if you had a do-over, you probably would do it a different way, what would that be? Or do you think you handled it perfectly? You executed. Because it sounds like you did pretty good. No I, I think there was a, there was a time where I was definitely like pretty down on myself and you, you just, you, you can't waste time and you can't play the victim card and you just have to uh, think of ways to improve or if you're constantly thinking of ways to improve your business so that whenever you do open up, you can offer more and more and more and then you get your followers and your clients excited about what's going to be happening whenever you do open up it's something like that give some people something to look forward to and mm -hmm. if you keep in constant connection and stay very consistent with your work it's like just because we're you're we're, we're not doing physical work 
It's like, that's mm-hmm. when you should be doing eight to 10 hours of social media work. It sounds almost insane to do, but like, mm-hmm. that's what I, that's what I've been doing. I haven't been doing as much right now because I'm doing so much filming and I'm getting sick of myself. <laughs> uh, but like absolutely sick of myself. And, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it's, and it's hard to do the social media side of it when you're already sick of yourself, but you got to do what you got to do and uh, just exploring all different avenues. And this is a good time right now to connect with different people and make connections so that uh, whenever you do open up, you have a bunch of new avenues and um, you know, your network just grows, just grow your network. And I mean, it's, it's, it's foolproof stuff that works. Where can people find you on social media? Oh. Uh, they can find me at Hughes PT underscore YYC. Uh, there'll be tons of new exciting stuff coming out in, uh, January that we're going to be doing, I'm going to be doing, a, a sponsorship for athletes. There's going to be a bunch of fun stuff. You never know. You'll just have to stay tuned to find out. Stay tuned to find out. There'll be tons of stuff coming out. That's so great to hear. Merchandise. There's merch coming. Oh boy. We can get the sweat. I love merch. You guys are the merch queens. Mm-hmm. Swag. I love swag. swag. Yeah. I know. Swag is king. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Thank so, you. yeah, we just want to say thanks so much for joining us um, and talking That's to us. You're, you. apparently, you're apparently sick of yourself, so thanks for talking for another 40 minutes with us. No, you guys <laughs> know. I will, I'll, always, I'll, always, I'll always make time for you guys because you guys make time for me. So I appreciate you guys supporting my business and you guys are always reposting things and always giving me shout outs and for a small business and people of your stature and athletic abilities. It means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the photos you take in that, in your apartment are the best photos, the best lighting. Um, and they always look super cool. So always happy to repost. <laughs> well, that, that and, and happy to repost things that I believe in and I believe in the work you do. And I think <laughs> like, thanks for, thanks for that too. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. The lighting there is just incredible, but, um, yeah, <laughs> thank you so much for, for joining us and having us and sharing your story a little bit. And I'm sure people really enjoy and hopefully take some lessons out of it. Absolutely. If you guys need anything from me, uh, over this break and you, whatever you need, I got you guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right, everyone. Thank you again for tuning in to the Face First podcast. Uh, This is Alicia and Grace signing out with our, our guest, Jeff. Thanks for listening. Thanks. See you guys. Turn your empties into sport opportunities with the Kids Sport Recycling Program. It's easy. Skip the blue bin and instead use the Kids Sport Recycling Program pickup service. Once your bag is full of empties, just text 403-680-8776, 403-680-8776 to schedule your pickup. Then sit back and relax because they will take care of the rest. Their pickup service covers residential areas, schools, sporting facilities, golf courses, and businesses. All the funds collected from this program are donated to Kidsport Calgary to help make it so all kids can play. Just four bags can put a child in soccer or swimming lessons. You can make a local child's sports dreams come true simply by donating your empties. Get started today by texting 403-680-8776, 403-680-8776, or visiting www.kidsportrecycling.ca. 
This podcast is provided in part by Sport Calgary, partners of Kids Sport Calgary. Sport Calgary, tired of searching dozens of websites for local sports events? Visit www.sportcalgary.ca and find hundreds of local events, everything from community gatherings to summer camps to tournaments.